Welcome to the Impact Show. Beyond training, beyond practice, this is the podcast for strength and conditioning coaches, sport coaches, personal trainers, and sports fitness entrepreneurs who want to increase the impact they have on the people around them. And now, here's your host, coach, author, and entrepreneur, Jim Kilbasso. Welcome back to the Impact Show. This is Jim Kilbasso. And I am thrilled that you are back with me on this journey that we have of making an impact on the people around us. Um, as always, this is the official podcast now of the IYCA. And today I am sitting in a hotel room with my new best friend, Brett Bartholomew. And Brett, um, you may have heard of Brett Bartholomew before. He is coming out with a new book called Conscious Coaching. And it is, uh, it, it's fantastic, his thoughts are fantastic, and we are here in Indianapolis getting ready to speak at the Play Conference for Ron McKeefrey. And I am just thrilled, Brett, that you are, uh, you're here to talk about your book today. I'm thrilled at that intro. I don't know that I, I'm gonna match that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, hopefully there's, nobody listening thinks there's anything shady about the two of us sitting here in a, uh, Hotel room together. I mean, we're in the ho- we're in the hotel lobby. Yeah, yeah. Right. Hotel. Yeah. We're in the hotel lobby. <laughs> yes. Um, actually, so we were out at dinner, and we've been talking. You know, we we shared a ride on the way in here from the airport, and uh, when we were at dinner, I said, "Let's do. Let's go do a podcast right now." And the first thing you said was, "Should we do it down here? Because this might be weird if we if we actually do it in the room." So. I got you up into my hotel room, bro. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So, you know, we haven't known each other that long, but why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you're doing and about this new book, Conscious Coaching, that you've got coming out because it sounds like it's going to be absolutely amazing. Sure. Background-wise, um, you know, I started, uh, I did my undergrad at Kansas State University in kinesiology. After that, I went intern at Athletes Performance down in Florida wanted to get the team side experience side of things after that. So went and volunteered at the University of Nebraska with their football strength and conditioning staff. That led to a graduate assistantship at Southern Illinois, uh, where I was a head strength coach for six sports, uh, the Olympic sports, and then the assistant for uh, ba- or basketball and football. Got my master's degree in exercise science with an emphasis in motor learning, more specifically attentional focus. So kind of how cueing and, and what we say impacts performance, both with complex and novice performers and complex and, and novice skills or, or more basic skill sets. And uh, then went back to API and, and worked with everything from gen pop, military, high school, youth, pros, and- uh, Combine stuff, I think you did. Uh, I assisted with that. Yep, so everything. Combine ran in with uh, the pro side development, so you couldn't really do both. So I started to segue, segue why Nick Winkleman and Dennis Logan did more of the Combine. I would handle more of the major and minor league baseball and then the NFL offseason program, because those two would kind of run simultaneously. So after a while, I became the director of that program and, and started spearheading the programming for the NFL offseason events that started giving way into more opportunities with MMA and UFC and a partnership that Exos had formed there. After a while, I branched off and uh, went and did a partnership with some folks out in LA with a place called Unbreakable Sports Performance. And now I'm doing my own thing, so. Well, okay, so uh, all right, your resume is stacked. We, uh, we understand that. And in the process of stacking your resume, you've kind of created your own philosophy on coaching. Yeah. 
and that's what this book is all about and it's been uh dare say three years at least in the making is yeah. that is that would you say that that's yeah, right that'd be accurate okay yep. so you know what what is going into this because i know you're trying to kind of bridge the gap between the art and the science of coaching so tell us about that a little bit you know kind of your philosophy yeah i just think that uh, there came a point in time where you realize the science of what we do is pretty well represented there's no lack of texts on those there's no lack of research on it there's no lack of conferences where the topics are all performance training related and and rightfully so we're in strength and conditioning and we're in human performance mm-hmm. but we're also strength and conditioning coaches so it seemed to me that there were you know and this was whether it was represented through interns or volunteers that would come through or just kind of conversations that would start to give way to a bit of a, a, a myopic viewpoint you realize that you know there seems to be this fetishism about training but not so much of a focus on coaching yeah. and you'd see people that knew a lot and could regurgitate the science and the text and all this stuff but really didn't have a great presence on the floor couldn't connect with difficult personalities and and easier personalities alike then more importantly couldn't get their athletes to buy into what they were doing and so you know oftentimes you'd hear this categorized as just the art of coaching as if there was no science to support it and so I said, you know what, the art of coaching is nothing more than the science of connecting and communication has far more research behind it in terms of the amount of years represented in the literature than performance training. So why aren't we looking at this stuff as well? So the, the book is, is a composition of, you know, the science behind the art of coaching, what comprises that, what it takes to not master it, but refine it a bit more and upgrade our skill sets in, in both of those manners. Well. I mean, anybody that's been following this show and following the IYCA and everything that we talk about, I mean, this goes right in line with that because we're, we're all about making an impact on, on young athletes and connecting with them, teaching lessons. And, um, you know, that's part of what you're talking about too, isn't it? Is, is you know, like not just, not just connecting, but then what do you do with that connection? Yeah, I mean, the book spans everything from conflict management, proactive, reactive strategies, how to leverage dark-sided personality traits that you may have in order to influence the environment and those personalities a little bit more. So for example, everybody always thinks that trust and buy-in comes from this warm, glowy, easy, Mr. Rogers kind of persona. And the reality is there's times where you have to be a little bit more aggressive, uh, where you have to leverage traits that, as the research terms them, these aren't my terms, uh, leverage aspects of narcissism, psychopathy, Machiavellianism, three traits that social science literature shows that some of the greatest literatures of our time and pastimes, regardless of whether it's military generals, whether it's people that are performance directors, whether it's heads of state, anything like that, have been able to leverage in order to kind of get this agenda or everybody on the same page. And there's a difference between dark-sided traits and behaviors. If somebody has a narcissistic personality trait, they are by default usually a narcissist where if they leverage a narcissistic behavior such as supreme confidence that they can complete a task or if they use machiavellianism a kind of trait that allows you to kind of play chess instead of checkers in terms of hey i need to get senior leaders on the team on board with a certain initiative because i know everybody else will follow their lead that kind of strategic manipulation is purposeful and it can be positive as well even though these terms have dirty connotations they have extreme utility in dynamic situations such as the world of sport man that's really cool now have you you know i'm I'm putting you on the spot here but have you thought of how these things might integrate into business yeah without question i think there's synergy 
across landscapes. And, and the more we learn about strength and conditioning as a field, the deeper you dive, the more you, you understand that we're really not that special in, in regards to our everything is a microcosm of everything else. I used to think that my father is a stockbroker. I thought our fields were two completely different fields. And then you understand that his job by and large is holding hands and guiding people through um, gains, losses, trends in the market, uncertain circumstances. They try to predict performance, but they can't. And I realize that, wow, that sounds like a lot of what we do. Yeah. We like to think that we have our programs dialed in and we know that you know, since it's combine season, we'll mention this, that if we train effectively, that somebody's gonna shave a couple tenths of a second off, but that's not always what happens. And sometimes we're yeah. left with our foot in our mouth thinking, all right, time to go back to the drawing board. And I think that's any kind of business or entrepreneur-based uh, venture in general, you're gonna start off with a plan, and then you might as well just give that business plan to somebody in Starbucks, tell them to draw a line through a third of it without them even looking at it, and you can by and large get an idea of what part of your plan is likely gonna fail within the first one to three years. So I think, you know, it's funny, we, we program based off laws of adaptation, but we fail to abide by them sometimes by getting so myopic. Life and business and training is all about adapting in general. Man, yeah, that, that, that's pretty deep. So like, when, when you started writing this and, and started working on it, how did you formulate these ideas? Like, were you were you taking notes for years, or um, or did you just like sit down and start just banging this out? Like, how did the actual process of writing this go? It was a combination of things. I tend to think in themes. So, if there were certain things that I was thinking about, you know, while I was on the floor coaching, certain trends, and I noticed that, you know, whether it's attention span, ego, uh, insecurity, you know, all these different things that you see athletes and coaches struggle with alike. Now, what's at the bedrock of these things? How do these things, one, why why do we struggle with them? Where do they come from? How does the brain deal with logic, emotion, reason, all these kinds of things? And how does it affect not only our decision-making, but our subsequent behaviors? Because that's what we have to do in this field is manage behavior. Mm -hmm. So when I think of themes, I'd start to, one, write down my own thoughts, two, look up other research that kind of supported that avenue or that space and, and would help educate me by default in doing so. And then I started just kind of trying to organize these things in buckets. And eventually when it came time to create a table of contents for the book, I had to sit there and really think based upon my own reflection, my own observation, my own sense of personal trait identification, what, what helps people become a more conscious coach. And the first step in chapter one is all about, one, you've got to know yourself. You've got to know why you got into the field, why your communication style is a certain way, why do you have certain ego-based traits and insecurities. Um, you have to know everything about why you are the way you are because otherwise we just take on the traits of the people we spend time around and we're never really an authentic self. And that, that goes deep into excavating. You can't just say, oh, I wanna make a difference. That's why I got into coaching. Well, why is that important to you? What influenced that? What made you wanna do these things? What traits make you even think you can do that? You know, Because sometimes we're not all cut out for this, yeah. right? Uh, chapter two is is a take on Sun Tzu, the author of the Art of Wars quote, know thy enemy. Of course, in this case, athletes aren't the enemy, but it is, it's basically know thy athlete. Mm -hmm. So you have to seek to understand and, and know, first of all, what are some key tenets of human nature? What do we, what pitfalls do we all tend to fall into? What drives us? Not motivation and inspiration, but what literally drives us, whether that's to learn, to acquire, to bond, to defend, to create, and how can we bucket or create <clears throat> categories and, and a way of scaling which athletes 
fit into these drives? And then not only that, how do we communicate with each individual athlete archetype that may exist in one or two or those drive categories? Hmm. So that chapter goes into the, the laws of kind of what we know the science says about first impressions, um, an element of what's called schadenfreude, why people tend to get combative when they're around people that are uh, egocentric or they're insecure, they feel threatened by all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it dives deep into some hairy stuff and then the dark-sided traits of behavior and how those are affected and more importantly, why. The last two chapters are putting those things into kind of practical solutions. So saying once you understand certain elements about yourself, certain elements about human nature and other people, how can we leverage these into 20 and more than 20 kind of key tenets that you can apply on the floor, in your business, within your interactions. These things can take as little as five seconds or as much as five minutes to, to kind of employ. And then the last chapter is about the legacy that we should be leaving in terms of how we can take this information and package it forward, much as we do training, so that we don't get down this kind of myopic fixation of only, hey, all we are is strength and conditioning coaches, performance specialists. No, you're a guide, you're a mentor, you're a leader, you're a teacher. Every single issue in the world is about human behavior. How do you carry that forward? Yes, I love it. That, that What you just said is we're, we're more than just performance coaches. We're, we are leaders and we're, we inspire people to do things and we teach things, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's fantastic. Um, well, you know, when, as you were writing this, um, what made you decide uh, that, that you had to put this out there and, and like really f you, you felt compelled to actually put it on a piece of paper and put it out there? Because this is hard. Right. So tonight we were talking, you know, there's a big group of us and, and Kelly Sorrett was talking about some things that he observed in the industry. And it makes you think, right, that, you know, from his standpoint, you saw a lot of movement related issues, right? Related yep. to soft tissue restriction, mobility, you know, stability, all these things. What I see is communication-based issues. Mm. You see these high-performance models in team sport where the strength staff doesn't like the medical staff, who doesn't like the sports science staff. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's this kind of triangular combativeness that exists in some cultures. Or you get that and in terms of, you know, you'll get young coaches that they're leading a warm-up and what should have taken 15 minutes is now a 42-minute primer, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, are we going to get to the training session? <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to solve what was just a gap in the market and a need. Like, where can I help? Where do I think, like me putting up a, a post on Twitter talking about how heavy strength training enhances neuromuscular, the neuromuscular system, right? And and all these things and sets the stage of a greater rate of force production when paired with plyometrics. And there's enough voices talking about that. It doesn't mean it's invaluable. I mean, it doesn't mean it's not valuable. Of course it is. But do we need another voice saying that? In my opinion right now, that's probably not my greatest, I'm not gonna make a big impact on strength and conditioning doing that. I'm gonna be an echo instead of an original voice. Mm -hmm. And so a problem I look at is if we can create kind of a movement, because I do look at it as a movement, right? If we can create a movement where people remember that at the essence, we are coaches first and foremost, and coaches, again, are communicators and teachers. If you want your athletes to train, regardless of the method you use, they better trust you. If you want them to train, you have to build trust. Otherwise, you're never going to get maximal outputs, which are going to affect their operational outputs. But we have this idea that if we write a perfect program, that it's just going to be done to the utmost, right? That they care about it the same level we do. They don't. You have to get inside their head, very much like that movie Inception, right? You have to get inside their head, <laughs> affect their perception, show them a common path, 
you have to you have to clear the road for them and say this is what we're trying to achieve this is how it impacts you and this is where we need to go with it so i wanted to help fill a void in the market and what i think is a real issue of people that have a whole lot of knowledge but very little wisdom as it pertains to that and i got to make it clear like that part is i only felt confident doing because even though i'm relatively young age-wise at 31 i had some very dense and diverse experience early on that I had a lot of opportunities to fail. I, I saw earlier me trying to overcompensate when working with pro athletes by being, you know, uh, very verbose with, you know, what I was saying, trying to explain all the nuances of the science, using big words. And at the end of the day, their buying didn't come from that. Their buying came from me getting real with them, sometimes even going toe to toe with them when they didn't want to do something and creating an environment that was laid back yet purposeful and directed enough that we got some work done, but they didn't feel alienated. Yeah, I mean, so, so so this is more than just the, well. What I've already learned about you is that you're not preachy, like you're not trying to tell us something, you know, like oh, you know, I know about all this stuff. And it sounds like you're, you know, you've you've learned from some mistakes and some successes, yeah, and from a lot of other people and from research, and you've kind of put it all together in in some really cool different ways. Appreciate it. Um, so, where can we find this book? Yeah, the book will be available on Amazon worldwide March 11th. Now that goes live here in the United States March 11th. So international listeners, you know you guys will have to wait a little bit because you'll obviously be ahead of us. But March 11th, it'll be available worldwide. Um, Do we just go on Amazon or I mean, can we go on your own website? No, we're going to sell it primarily through Amazon through the get-go. We just want to make sure that we can maintain efficient shipping, that we can get it out there as expedited as guys want it. And and Amazon's on top of that far more than I am. Otherwise, I would definitely go into business against them, but <laughs> Amazon. But one thing I can tell is I'm doing a very limited early release. And since I'm on the podcast, which I appreciate, um, I'm going to do an early release on March 9th. So if you're listening to this, I'll make sure that you have access to that on March 9th. So if you log on to Amazon.com, look up Conscious Coaching, the Art and Science of Building Buy-In. I'll also have the link by the bio in my Instagram and my Twitter and all those things. Um, and any support is appreciated. Honest reviews are appreciated, and I definitely hope it helps. And if you're listening to this after March 9th or even after March 11th, just go on Amazon and type in Brett Bartholomew Conscious Coaching, and it, it should come up. Absolutely. So, Lord willing. So uh, it, it's going to happen. <laughs> so uh, you earlier were doing some pretty funny um like, uh, what do I even call it? Like movie intro uh, voice. So why don't you do a movie <laughs> intro for your book, and we'll and we'll end on that. I don't know if I have the you <laughs> do. voice here. You do. In a world where coaching is important, <laughs> but too many people focus on minutia and forget to communicate, conscious coaching comes to bridge the gap. March 9th. 2017 this time it's for real <laughs> uh I, I wish i could just drop the mic right now but instead we will just we'll just thank you for your time brett my pleasure thanks for having me on all right brother we will we'll do some more stuff soon thank you appreciate it Thank you for listening to The Impact Show. We're glad you're joining us on this journey of making an impact on the people around you. 
please visit us at jimkilbasso.com for more information and ideas to increase your impact. And of course, we hope you subscribe to our podcast to enjoy more tips, stories, and advice from our industry's leaders.